Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Junity Wealth Management. And thanks for joining us again here this week, uh, where we take a deep dive into everything going on last week, coming up this week, and uh, just keeping you informed on what's going on in the markets. Uh, as always, uh, keep in mind everything that we cover here is for information purposes only. Uh, do your own due diligence or talk to a professional uh, regarding your situation to make sure uh, any strategy or any topic uh, that we cover here is right for you. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. We're always happy to help out and answer any of your questions. Uh, as always, you can ask questions uh, during this is a, a live showing. Um, you can ask questions, hit that Q&A button, try to get to them uh, today. Uh, if not, we will definitely follow up. If you're watching this on one of the replay or you're listening to our podcast, by all means, go to mikeonmoney.com and uh, ask us any questions you have, uh, how does it pertain to you, or even topics you'd like to hear us talk about a bit more. We're always just happy to hear those uh, and try to adjust those uh, as, as best we can. Uh, on that, I'm going to take a moment here to uh, cover off a couple things that I've. Uh, uh, first of all, let me first of all talk about last week. Uh, so for those of you who joined us last week, uh, apologize for the technical difficulties we had last week. Uh, There's some sound issues. There's some uh, visual issues. Uh, I work off three different systems, working from home, working from the office, so I'm always jumping around. So I apologize last week. I kind of had the sudden suddens off. So thanks for, uh, for your patience last week, and, and hopefully uh, you were able to still follow along as we went through things. So with that, it's a perfect segue into our topic for this week. We're going to be talking about technology, uh, investing in technology, especially for 2021 after what we saw in 2020. Obviously, we were one of the top performers there. Uh, and uh, I want to talk a little bit what we see coming up in 2021 or how we're playing that for, uh, for this year. Uh, but before we dive into that, I, I've had several uh, people reach out and, and want me to cover off the topic of GameStop or uh, the Reddit phenomena that we saw in the past week. Uh, I did talk about it last week. I touched on that. Uh, I did a, a standalone video on bubbles, um, you know, uh, investment bubbles in the market. Uh, and I did a follow-up part two last week that specifically talked about the GameStop and Reddit situation. Obviously, it's progressed a little bit since then. So I'm just going to uh, quickly uh, go over it. So if you haven't followed, of course, uh, this was the phenomenon where um, the, 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 the big hedge funds, mostly in the United States, uh, one particular one called Citrix uh, out of California, uh, came out with a big uh, short on the stock GameStop. Uh, so GameStop is a retailer of video games. Uh, the brick and mortar has not been doing well. It's stock, you know, six months ago, it was at four bucks. It did go up to 20 bucks and that's where they came out and said, hey, it's not worth 20 bucks. We're gonna short so that means that they're hoping for it to go down. They will make money if they sell it at $20 and buy it back cheaper. Um, basically what they were doing. And the, uh, the people of the internet, uh, the, the, the subreddit, uh, this forum online, uh, took, took, took exception to that and decided to try to, uh, try to beat them. So they, they encouraged everyone to go buy up the, uh, the stock uh, GameStop, which actually rallied it from that 20 
all the way to a high of just, I, I think the high was about $450, definitely over $400. Uh, no matter how briefly that's as high it got, it didn't necessarily close at that level, <laughs> but it got up that high. That caused the short squeeze. So all those people that had sold it short at $20, opened for it to go back down to four. Uh, they got squeezed, meaning they lost money as it went up you know, to the above $400 level. And some of them had to buy in at that high $100 levels and take a loss uh, through that process. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the, uh, you know, the, the common person against the billionaires, you know, we're, you know, standing up for the right uh, uh, where the billionaires have been making all the money over the last year or over the decades or however you want to look at it. So, um, you know, I guess the, the question I've been given is, is what's my opinion of this? Well, one, uh, there's definitely no law, love loss for these hedge or short, short funds. They have been, um, you know, aggressively going after uh, companies where they will uh, we, they will publish a negative report saying we're short in this, this is why, and they encourage all their buddies and their friends to go short the stock uh, to drive it down. Uh, so the only thing that the, the Reddit community really did was the opposite. They just encouraged all their friends uh, to go buy it. Now there is uh, inquiries happening into this. I don't think there's going to be much come out of it. Uh, you know, <clears throat> the, uh, you know, talk about mar market manipulation. Market manipulation is only if you lie. So you give misinformation. So you say, um, go, go buy this because of this or go sell this because of this. And that fact is not true. Uh, and you and you encourage people to manipulate it. Or if you're selling it in one, you know, in one account and buying it in another account to, to, to manipulate the price. So that's not really what happened here. Just a lot of volume drove to the market or, you know, all at once and drove that price up. <clears throat> so kind of good for the Reddit community. You know, they sent a message, they sent a message to Wall Street, they sent a message to, uh, you know, those hedge funds to say, hey, you guys have been doing this for a lot of years. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, ethically, it's not seen as great inside the industry, uh, but it is legal and, and that's what they do. Uh, so they came back and, and they had a win. So a bunch of people made a, a bunch of money who, who kind of got into that Reddit early or got into that GameStop early. Now they tried it with a couple other companies, AMC, the movie company. Uh, yesterday they tried it on silver. Well, the last couple of days, I guess they tried it on silver. Um, but with the big problem with this or the big challenge with a, you know, that approach uh, is it's not really sustainable uh, because um, you know, they were able to move GameStop because it was a lower volume stock. Now, when I say lower volume, uh, it had enough volume for them to buy, because if it's really low volume, there wouldn't be enough for them to drive up the price. So it was low enough volume uh, that they could get access to stock uh, and they can drive it up quickly. And they drove up the volume and it's just supply and demand, more and more people buying. And of course, as those shorts had to be covered, so they had to go buy and that drove up more uh, volume. Uh, and so it drove it up quite a bit. But you can't do that with every stock. If you have a stock with massive volume, um, it would take massive amounts of cash to our investments to, to move that stock. So, uh, you know, the Reddit community obviously has a limited, limited amount of capital available to them. Uh, you know, so it worked quite well on, on, on GameStop. Um, they also did to BlackBerry and AMC to smaller extents. Um, they tried on silver, as I mentioned. It doesn't look like it's really taken hold on silver because that. It's a much bigger market. Uh, it, it's hard for them to, you know, buy up enough volume to uh, to really move it, like to, especially the amounts that they move GameStop.
Uh, and on top of that, uh, what we're seeing today with or the last couple of days with GameStop is it dramatically fell, uh, you know, off that 400 high to just over $100 last time I looked this morning. Uh, and that's, you know, again, it's that sustained amount of volume. You know, how much cash do they have available to continue that buy-in volume? Because without that, eventually it's just going to slowly go back to norm, right? It's going to return to normal. So basically what they did is they created exactly what I've talked about in some of the videos is that artificial bubble uh, or that bubble in the market. It went up uh, way overvalued for what it was uh, based on, you know, speculative demand. Uh, and then as soon as that demand slows down or dries up, it quickly drops. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the definition of a bubble of market. Maybe not as in the, the bubbles in market aren't as intentional as this was, um, but, you know, definitely that that's what we saw happen. So, you know, when I look at that, um, you know, my opinion is I'm like, good for them, those who made the money. I do feel really bad because at the end of the day, someone's going to be left uh, without a chair. Someone went and bought that stock at $400 and $450 and it's down on $100 now. So someone got left uh, out of the game uh, and it's probably not going to be someone who could afford that big drop. And that's that's the part I feel bad for in this scenario or any of those scenarios, uh, you know, those bubbles or overvaluations is, uh, you know, do they understand the game as, as well as they should have? And, 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 you know, can they afford for that uh, hit to their portfolios or to their investments? So that's kind of the big concern around that. You know, the other thing is the, uh, the win that the Reddit community, uh, you know, had. I mean, there was losses on the books for billions and billions of dollars for these hedge funds. But the likelihood that they, they, they covered their short somewhere along the way, they ways up, took that loss, but then reshorted it again. Uh, you know, when it was above $300 and it's down at $100 now, uh, maybe go lower, don't know what the days ahead are going to have, uh, but they probably made a bunch of that money back. So uh, yes, it sends a message. How big was the win? Only history is going to tell there. Uh, but I'm not overly concerned about this in the broader market. Obviously, uh, we'd be very cautious of any name that had that kind of performance or at that kind of volatility and why. And if you go listen to the video at MikeOnMoney.com for the, uh, when we talk about market bubbles, is know why you're buying the stock, right? You know, understand the value, understand the earnings, understand the market potential before uh, you go buy it. And if you do that, well, then you're, you're the likelihood of you getting caught in that type of uh, frenzy um, is unlikely. And if you do, uh, hopefully you're in uh, really early and you're able to take advantage of it. So with that, uh, I'm gonna go back to our regular share here, make my head a little tiny thing instead of full, uh, full screen, uh, where we can talk about what's actually going on in the market today uh, or, or this week. So let's dive into things here. Uh, there we go. So what are we looking for this week? Again, uh, earnings, I talked about last week, earnings are coming out, uh, they continue. Uh, Exxon Mobil is coming out with their fourth quarter. Uh, very likely they're going to they post a loss. Um, in fact, one of the probably uh, the biggest, sort of the first loss they've ever uh, recorded in history, just because what happened to oil in 2020. Remember, this is looking back uh, a quarter, not looking ahead. So it doesn't necessarily mean things negative for the company, just simply uh, they're, they're likely to, to post uh, a loss. We're also seeing a get together with the heads of NASDAQ, uh, the Economic Club of New York and the Fed Bank of New York. You know, just to talk about, uh, you know, what they see uh, coming up in the economy. 
and, and what trends uh, they want to set for uh, rebuilding the uh, the economy moving forward. We also uh, Amazon's coming out with earnings, and Alphabet are, are are supposed to announce as well. We'll talk a little bit more about those. Uh, we did see stock futures rise a bit on Tuesday, uh, and that's you know kind of this continued uh, growth in the market. Although we are seeing a little bit of shift in uh, where that growth is coming from, and we're going to cover that in this week's topic. Um, and uh, and as I mentioned, Google's parent Alphabet is going to announce as well, which is supposed to do well. Uh, the, you know, the futures uh, on S&P has also uh, grown a bit, 0.8%, uh, uh, Dow Jones 0.7, and NASDAQ 0.8 as well. A um, little bit of repeat early this year. It's Groundhog Day, by the way, today. Happy Groundhog Day. Um, although I'm not, I'm less worried about what the Groundhog does. I'm, more concerned that whether Bonnie Henry comes out and sees her shadow and we have another six weeks of closures, maybe uh, maybe she won't and maybe we'll, we'll open up sooner than later. Uh, we're seeing other things uh, in the market, uh, you know, delays in the US and China investment ban. Uh, so this goes back to the Trump era uh, where uh, the US was blacklisting some Chinese uh, investments or, or companies from US investors taking advantage of or investing into. Uh, you know, on the basis of national security. That's been delayed a little bit, uh, which kind of leaves some investment companies in limbo where they're saying, you know, the rest of the world's being able to take advantage of the growth of these companies, we aren't. Uh, so the Biden, you know, just one more thing for the Biden administration to deal with. GameStop, as we talked about uh, already, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the new uh, US administration had a pledge for, you know, ethics. Uh, and be transparent. Obviously, this is the first thing they got to deal with, uh, and, and it also stems into how the some of the uh, brokerages uh, acted, specifically, uh, you know, targeting the, the company Robinhood. Robinhood was probably the most popular platform for that Reddit community to do their trading. It's an online trading platform where, uh, you know, their whole message was they 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 brought the market or access to the market to. To even the smallest investors, or, or, or you know, the common man, you know, steal from the rich, give to the uh, poor. Uh, although I don't know if they're all poor on there. Uh, but anyway, during all this, uh, you know, rally up, they shut off trading. You were able to sell uh, GameStop, but they shut off buying for GameStop temporarily, or started limited, limited that trading uh, to them. And of course, they're calling foul, saying you know they stepped in to protect their partners uh, in the hedge fund industry or Wall Street. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that that's the truth. It uh, seems like everything is conspiracy theory these days. As soon as something's not the way someone wants, it must be a conspiracy against them. Uh, there are actually, uh, when in situations of extreme volatility, there are triggers in firms and in the exchanges to turn things off temporarily. Um, in order to uh, allow news to decimate, decimate uh, so that everyone has a fair playing field. So, you know, uh, in, in an exchange, for example, a Toronto Stock Exchange, if a stock were to move dramatically, uh, certainly the amount that GameStop uh, has moved. In fact, the New York Exchange uh, did stop several times the trading on uh, GameStop because it was moving so much uh, in volume and price. Uh, they stop it for the, whether it be the company to come out or for them to come out and say, hey, this is why it's moving. There's been news, there's been a development, or there hasn't been 
Uh, and it just lets everyone pause for a second and, and digest that news so that everyone's on the same playing field. Um, of course, this wasn't because the news at the company and GameStop came out several times and said, you know, not us. There's nothing going on at the company that would uh, justify this. Um, but of course, uh, you know, there was the whole Reddit thing going on. So, uh, so you know, there's this call of foul. Um, but the, the, these things are in place. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% what uh, the, or 100% the reasons why uh, Robinhood themselves uh, put a, a stop in there. Uh, they are scheduled to uh, testify in front of the Congress, or the CEO is uh, going to testify in front of Congress uh, in uh, on February 18th, and hopefully he'll provide some 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 more insights. Uh, but I would more lean to there's probably business uh, or regulatory or just other reasons behind uh, that, other than they were necessarily protected uh, Wall Street, uh, because as they said, Wall Street probably took advantage of those high prices too. So. Um, you know, there's probably more truth behind what we know already, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I buy into that conspiracy theory. Uh, Reddit is coming for silver as, as of yesterday. Um, you know, are they going to cause a short squeeze? You know, really unlikely. Again, well, one, silver is not as shorted as much as, as GameStop was. Uh, GameStop was one of the highest shorted stocks on the exchange. Um, you know, which actually led into the, led into part of the success of, of their uh, their rally there. Um, plus, as I mentioned, the liquidity around silver is, is far too high. I think for the community, the size of the community that the the, the Reddit is, uh, in order to uh, more than edge it up for a couple of days or even one day, uh, as it did pull back this morning. Um, you know, again, how this will play out, we'll keep a close eye on, but. For the most part, I don't think they have enough um, volumes uh, to take on something as big as the silver market. Um, <clears throat> that being said, you know, I, again, the smaller volumes, more targeted uh, approach might still work in the future if they continue on this uh, on this strategy. Uh, by the way, on those uh, those Reddit things, yes, the uh, IROC and the CSA, the Canadian Securities Administration. Uh, said they were going to to look into that to possible market manipulation. Again, what they're looking for though is something online of someone misrepresenting or misleading investors. Uh, just saying, hey, we should all go do this isn't uh, misleading anyone. Um, but going out there and saying, hey, you know, this company's going to get bought out. Uh, you know, insider information or any sort of misleading information uh, to cause people to think they should go buy it. Uh, is what they would be looking for. And so far, I haven't seen or read that uh, there's any uh, kind of proof or, or substance to those kind of uh, charges or, or, or facts. Anyway, moving on from that, U.S. Uh, factory activity cools down with uh, COVID-19. Uh, yeah, of course, I mean, we, we saw that in the last quarter last year, uh, you know, going into November, December, uh, those numbers slowed down, of course, with the COVID or pandemic um, flaring up. Uh, you know, the same things happening into January. Uh, we're definitely seeing uh, things uh, kind of slow down uh, a bit more again. Uh, Robin Hood, going back to them, uh, you know, they're out there raising some capital, you know, to fund, uh, of course, the, the, the frenzy of all this buying, uh, because securities firms, when they're doing transactions and they're bringing in more assets, uh, there, there is a, a capital requirement for, uh, for people to do that. So you have to have cash in the bank 
in order to uh, secure those transactions and secure uh, those holdings. Um, and uh, so they're out there trying to raise some capital. They might have some trouble because they got a lot of backlash, or backlash rather, from uh, from their uh, their investors um, due to the turning off that GameStop trading, and uh, and that might lead to them losing <coughs> excuse me losing a, a lot of clients. So we'll have to see uh, how they do with that debt raise. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office uh, is coming out with uh, forecast the the. Uh, the U.S. economy will grow by 4.6% uh, after con uh, contracting, uh, 3.5. That's going to put a lot of pressure for um, Biden to get his 1.9 trillion COVID-19 aid uh, plan approved. Uh, and, and you know, and, and this we've been talking about this new administration. That you know, they're they've got a lot to deal with. They want to deliver on everything that they promise for sure. Uh, well, hopefully that that's what they want to do. Uh, but at the same time, they they you know they do have a split Senate. Uh, so they have to be, you know, cautious about uh, what they try to put through, uh, and also, you know, the fine line between uh, spending and uh, stimulating the economy. So bringing the economy back, because the whole idea is you don't want the economy to come back just because you spent money, which is what we saw in 2020. Um, you know, any economic recovery we saw last year was on government spending. Uh, what you want to do is strengthen the economy so that the economy is funding that growth. Uh, so that you don't have to continue to spend into it. So it's a really fine line, uh, and, and, I, and obviously it's going back and forth right now uh, with this stimulus package that the Democrats are, are trying to push through Congress and the Senate. Uh, once uh, you know, once United Support and Biden environmentalists and unions are clashing over the pipeline, uh, this is you know not a big surprise. Uh, you know, Biden came out day one and canceled the. Um, Keystone Pipeline uh, project, uh, you know, there's a lot of environmental pushback on that. Uh, you know, the territories it was going through and the land it was going through, um, basically going from the oil sands of Canada all the way down to, uh, to Texas ports. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, when you cancel that, that's jobs lost or potential jobs lost. Uh, and, you know, and the unions are pushing back. Mentioned last week, less effective in Canada. Uh, because we actually have another pipeline project that's, you know, that's moving through, looks like it's moving ahead. Um, and it was a short piece of pipeline in Canada versus obviously a much longer pipeline in, in the United States. Uh, so Canada's moving ahead with other, uh, other projects and, and, and jobs and potential. Uh, but in the U.S., obviously the unions, um, you know, find themselves at, with opposition, you know, with, uh, with Biden's administration right off of day one there. Um, Trudeau came out, uh, you know, has announced a new deal to uh, uh, with a pharmaceutical company called Novavax to produce the COVID-19 vaccines here in Canada, which is good news. Uh, as you've probably been following in the news, there's a lot of battling over supplies, not just uh, not just from the manufacturers, but countries. You know, the U.S. want to be U.S. first, so you know, the, any any vaccines uh, produced in the U.S. Uh, they want to keep. Europe's talking the same thing. Um, you know, everyone's fights for supply right now. So being able to produce them here in Canada where we can have a Canada first um, approach is, is good. Uh, so they're moving forward with, uh, with the facility in uh, Montreal where they're hoping by summer, I think uh, the number of something like uh, 2 million doses a month uh, that they're gonna uh, start to produce. And the other thing to keep in mind, um, you know, the benefit of this investment or, or you know, having this production in Canada is, is the likelihood 
that moving forward, uh, you know, this is going to be an annual or continuous vaccine. So it's not a matter of, hey, everyone's vaccinated. Uh, we can just turn off and shut down the plants. Uh, we'll probably have much like a flu season where there's a vaccine very likely to have a, a COVID vaccine annually, uh, or certainly for the higher risk groups to have a continuous need. So I think it's a good idea and, uh, and obviously uh, good for uh, good for Novavax uh, as their, uh, their version of the vaccine has just gone in, uh, the testing has just completely gone in for approvals. So let's take a look at the economies right now. As I mentioned, Wall Street has bounced back. Mining shares doing quite well. Uh, silver, obviously a little bit of frenzy as mentioned uh, uh, yesterday after the, uh, the Reddit, although silver was and, and gold uh, had already been moving prior to this, uh, it has pulled back a little bit today, uh, you know, with that volume falling off, but obviously, you know, continued focus on silver. Uh, that wasn't new though. That's been going on for about six months. Just got a little bit of push from the, the Reddit community. Uh, Treasuries fell a little bit uh, after slowing last month. Oil gained a, uh, a bit as crude inventories uh, uh, fell. Um, you know, for you basically winter demand rose because of all these snowstorms, uh, especially back east. Uh, and the U.S. dollar gained slightly, uh, and so did gold, uh, just on the uh, on the inflation hedge. Now these two are in battle uh, with each other, uh, especially in battle right now, given. Uh, this next stimulus package, of course, the stimulus package would bring devalue the dollar, the US dollar, a little bit more uh, as they print more money uh, and push gold up. But if the package has problems and it's not as big as expected, that could give a little bit of strength to the dollar. Um, but at the same time, it would still uh, drive inflation. So, you know, gold prices still, still moving. Uh, Pfizer's uh, going to report their fourth quarter earnings coming up here. And obviously, this quarter will be heavy with the vaccine deployment. Uh, as well as uh, the German partner um, <clears throat> rolling out uh, their vaccine or, uh, or their, the same version of the vaccine. In Europe, in several countries, uh, you know, it's going to be focused on those sales and see what their next year's forecast is. <clears throat> uh, Amazon's coming out with their fourth quarter as well, uh, you know, to look at the sales on their Prime Day event, which is the big sale uh, that they do every year. And has it attracted more shoppers? Uh, you know, <clears throat> how many more of the home bound uh, buyers, uh, do they flock to the website? Uh, you know, numbers are expected to be obviously fairly strong as the pandemic has kept more, you kept us in longer uh, and more and more online shopping. You know, I, I've said this several times, especially over the holiday season, uh, you know, the more we stay in, uh, which is good, obviously we're trying to control this, uh, but uh, you know, there's those local retailers, those local restaurants, uh, I do recommend, uh, you know, obviously the Amazon shopping is super convenient, uh, but a lot of your local stores um, and, and business owners are doing curbside pickup, are doing delivery. Uh, you know, I you know, do recommend to, to reach out to them, um, you know, for your shopping needs uh, to, to help them out. Because at the end of this, you know, we want, uh, we, we want them to see and be there, um, especially when things uh, start to reopen again. Alphabet or Google's parent company, uh, I'm one of the biggest world global suppliers of internet ads uh, is expected to breach uh, 50 billion in the fourth quarter uh, as the, the companies have shifted obviously through all this uh, to more online advertising and digital spending. So we're, we're going to see their earnings out as well. I mentioned Exxon is going to report here. It's, it's fully expected that they're going to see a slump, uh, you know, the, the, due to write downs through the, uh, the oil crisis. 
uh, throughout 2020, or the demand crisis, I should say, excess inventory. Uh, so <clears throat> they're planning to do that. There is some talks of Exxon and Chevron potentially in merger talks. You know, those rumors are, are, are largely uh, just that. Uh, some even speculate that, you know, they leak those rumors just to ease the impact of the write downs that they're going to take. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily um, something that's going to go through. Uh, and, and nor do I necessarily think that the write downs are going to be necessarily a bad thing. It was a bad year for oil. That's in the past. They write those down. Um, I think it's going to be a challenging year. We've talked about oil a lot. It'll be a challenging year for oil. Um, but if we do start to get the vaccine out and we do start to uh, move again, uh, obviously, or travel again, or people just get out, out more, uh, you know, we will see those, that demand peak up a little bit over this year. Uh, you know, uh, again, GameStop and all the news. Uh, you know, over half the shares that were shorted have been covered in this past week. Uh, but we have not got the latest numbers of any new shorts, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, EU uh, is in constant battle. Antitrust is big. Uh, EU uh, or the European uh, Union uh, have a lot more antitrust laws uh, or aggressive uh, antitrust laws uh, than I'd say North America has. So that's what we see a lot over there in court. Uh, you know, in, in recent past, uh, Apple lost a tax judgment. I want to say it was 2019. Uh, for about 15 16 million dollars uh, that they owed in taxes over in ireland where they were kind of using a tax haven over there uh and uh, they got that overturned and, and, and now you know the, the latest uh, appeal is that you know, there's an error in that overturn and so we'll go back and forth i think we're going to see a lot of these antitrust uh, cases uh, we're already seeing uh google uh antitrust facebook's in an antitrust uh, I, I think that's just going to continue amazon's in one uh, is going to continue here over the next little while. And it's, it's kind of a normal, I should say healthy, but a normal business cycle where, you know, the big, huge giants uh, acquire, acquiring it bigger and bigger and bigger and grow. Uh, and then, you know, the antitrust will, will, will look at them and decide whether, um, you know, there's anti-competitive things happening in there. Uh, then they break up a little bit and then, you know, they grow, grow again. It's happened to Microsoft in the past a couple of times, happened to IBM in the past. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean bad things for the company in the long term. It just means changes. So, uh, so uh, you know, obviously going to follow the antitrust rules around those uh, those big tech giants uh, as those progress. Uh, Wall Street uh, is talking about, as I mentioned, that merger with Exxon and uh, Chevron. Uh, again, I don't know if I'd put a lot of weight behind behind that, uh, but it's an interesting story to follow. Anyway, uh, we still consider or continue sorry to see. Um, M&A, mergers and acquisitions, Horizon Therapeutics out to buy rare disease drug maker uh, Viela uh, for $3 billion, <coughs> you know, just to expand their, their product shelf um, and, and diversify their, uh, their offerings. Uh, we've seen a lot, of, both in the pharmaceutical and also a lot, you know, as previously mentioned, in the uh, energy sector as well. Uh, Canada's manufacturing uh, index also slid uh, to six-month low in January. Again, just falling on the U.S. numbers. Uh, that's with the, the extra closures that we're seeing um, here in Canada as well. Obviously, in BC, uh, we are seeing we are seeing closures, not as much as as, as you know what we see back east, um, but you know that obviously affects our, <coughs> the whole country when we talk about economics. Sorry, got a little cough. 
Uh, Mexican tax authorities sneaking 500 million from Canada's first majestic. Uh, this goes back to a first majestic silver uh, who uh, were operating out of Mexico. Uh, they're, they're arguing that they artificially kept the, uh, their, their, the selling prices of their silver prices low to save on taxes being paid to the Mexican government. Uh, so anytime you see rallies uh, in, 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 the, in any product uh, or any market, uh, you know, of course, there's that, you know, were you paying me enough or did I get my share in that? Uh, so Mexico's uh, looking at that. And again, that goes back to silver having been rallied for a while now, not just on this uh, recent move in Reddit. I think yesterday's move was only about 9% to the positive on silver. And I, I, uh, it, it was, as I mentioned, off that high today as it went down a bit. So it wasn't a massive move. It wasn't you know, the three, you know, thousand percent move we saw on uh, GameStop. Uh, Forward Bank of Canada Senior Deputy Governor uh, Wilkins is to join uh, Insurer's Intact Board. So getting involved with Intact Insurance, uh, pretty normal move for, uh, you know, politicians to move into the private sector afterwards. Uh, so uh, good for, uh, <laughs> good for her for, uh, getting on with Intact, a very large company, and uh, hopefully it uh, grows. On the exchange front, uh, the euro rose against the dollar uh, as investment bankers profit from gains in the US uh, currency uh, on Monday. So just moving around. Uh, obviously, with Brexit kind of working its way through, uh, we're, we're going to see more movement on the euro and the pound um, to the positive, hopefully, uh, as they get through their, their challenges. And as I mentioned before, the US dollar is generally uh, expected to have a downward trend. Uh, it did react uh, positively overnight just on the fact that, um, you know, some people were against some short selling against the U.S. currency uh, based on that new stimulus package, which is now potentially delayed or, or modified. And we also saw that movement in the bond market as well. On the commodity front, as I mentioned, uh, oil edged up a little bit uh, with the futures moving about 1%. Uh, and that's just on OPEX uh, continued, um, you know, a commitment to uh, keeping inventories low as uh, as we see, see demand not uh, not taken off, obviously uh, yet this year. Uh, and just looking at the longer term to see where uh, things might reopen with the vaccine. So let's talk about this this uh, week's topic: uh, tech industry. Obviously, a lot of questions on what we saw last year in the tech industry. Should we be buying more? Um, you know, where what areas of this industry uh, are we looking into? Well, I'm. This is industries like no other. We want to look at value. We want to look at opportunity that isn't overpriced. As I mentioned. Uh, in, in our first segment or our first live one uh, of 2021, uh, hard to say that number over and over again, 2021, um, the is uh, one of the areas that we see a lot of opportunity uh, for this year is in value stocks. So companies that you know aren't the most sexy, uh, that have a strong value to earnings uh, and good growth potential. Well, that's the same for tech. You know, look at infrastructure. So you see all this growth happening. And you're trying to guess which company uh, is going to come out on top. That's going to be really tough to pick. Uh, you know, maybe you'll get lucky, but look at the trends. What infrastructure are they using to make that happen? So whether it's cloud computing, cloud storage, uh, whether it's 5G, right? Everyone's on our mobile, everyone's upgrading devices. Um, 
you know, whether it's uh, internet providers, right? Give you your Telus's, your Bell. Uh, all of those companies have to benefit from that growth uh, because they provide all the infrastructure uh, and services that you're going to need to take advantage of. Uh, this goes back to last year. You, everyone heard me talk about Visa and MasterCard over and over again, and even PayPal, PayPal for a short period of time there, uh, where we, we did super well in those names. Uh, was all on the e-commerce play. Who's going to win e-commerce in 2020? Tough to pick, actually. You know, Amazon did really well. Shopify did amazingly well. But you know who did well? The service providers, Visa, MasterCard, and PayPal. All those transactions had to happen through those companies. Uh, and we took advantage of that last year. Well, I'm suggesting the same thing for tech this year. Look at the service providers. Look at your infrastructure providers for technology. They're the ones that have been undervalued over the last year because they don't always have the sexy brand. They don't always have the, um, the, you know, the big name out there, brand name. Uh, look at the supply chain uh, for the technologies. I mentioned this uh, maybe early December, we did start to invest into this uh, last year for our portfolios. Uh, probably in January, I certainly mentioned, you know, the electrical cars. That doesn't mean I'm going insane, going by Tesla. That's a great example of a brand. Is it overvalued? Yes, I could put a massive argument around that. Is it going to keep going up? That I can't tell you. Uh, is it going to go down? Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there hoping it does and shorten it. But that being said, there's a supply chain. There's parts and metals that are necessary and in short supply. And it's not just Tesla. It's any company out there uh, building electrical cars. We know this is a growing market. We know that Ford, Volkswagen, BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, uh, <clears throat> Nissan, uh, name them all, doesn't matter, Toyota, they're all out there building electrical vehicles. There's massive demand. Uh, that's not even including Neo over in China, uh, Polestar, which is a uh, Volvo China joint venture, uh, Rivian uh, coming to market with their, their, their truck. Um, the Badger truck there that's being built by Nikola. Uh, all these, all these new competition into the electrical uh, vehicle market, and on top of that, the emissions are getting tighter, uh, and they're going to get even faster in the U.S. with the Democrat administration. They've already kind of um, telegraphed that, but you're seeing in Europe, who are way further ahead than us in North America, when it comes to switching to um, electrical vehicles, uh, pushing for. Uh, getting rid of fossil fuel vehicles uh, completely. Uh, the Biden administration obviously saying they're going to switch the uh, government fleet, uh, trucks and cars uh, over to electric. All these things mean more electrical cars. So that supply chain, 100% uh, is an area to invest into. If you don't want to dig deep into that supply chain and pick a name, uh, there's some ETFs out there. Uh, cars is a symbol of one that I like by Evolve. Uh, you know, they invest in that supply chain. Uh, they're not focused on the manufacturers, but on the supply chain. Uh, and that gives you, you know, access to that growth as that moves along. So, you know, kind of, a, you see the theme, you know, infrastructure, supply chain, where's the components coming from for this technology? It doesn't matter who's the winner of, the, of building it. Uh, what do they all need in order to build it? So, and I think that's going to be a lot of the winners in 2021 to take advantage of there. And lastly, this theme goes back at least a year, security uh, around the technology and you know, cybersecurity, obviously. Uh, companies have, I won't say unlimited budget, that'd be very bold, but they have 
very generous budgets around cyber, you know, the security. They cannot afford not to. Right? A, a, a cyber breach uh, can, can destroy a company. And, and it's this constant battle between the bad actors out there investing time and money to breach security uh, versus companies out there spending time and money to secure their, their, their information, secure the databases. And even more so as, as we move to this cloud-based society, which is you know, massively moved in the last few years and only accelerated by the pandemic, where more and more data is being held in the cloud. Uh, and even if this cloud is self-managed, so you know, if a company has their own servers, uh, it's being accessed from, from employees from remote locations, it's just the cloud. It's just not on the Amazon cloud or Microsoft cloud. Uh, it happens to be on the company's own cloud. So, but it's all good. all has to be secured up by softwares, by staff, by companies uh, out there. And nothing you know uh, shows that need more so than what we saw in the United States, of course, with the the recent um, uh, security breach with Solar Winds down there. Uh, and, and just more and more money flowing in from companies as they uh, they look at securing things. So those are the you know the three themes in technology uh, I, I'm focusing on this year. And I suggest if you want to take advantage of tech growth this year, you focus on these ones. Are you know again you got to look by name, you got to look at you know why you're buying them. But uh, you know I think you're, you'll avoid the overvaluations by focusing on these areas. You'll uh, benefit from the growth as that growth continues. Um, and, and we definitely are going to see that, that growth continue in 2021. And it's not necessarily technology. I'm not saying you know, um, that tech is the only industry to invest into. Certainly getting the most attention right now. Uh, as I mentioned before, the theme here is um, uh, disruptors. Technology has taken existing industries and helping them grow, helping them uh, be more efficient, uh, and helping them reach more market share uh, through technology. So uh, looking for those disruptors who are helping industries take advantage of uh, the use of technology uh, to make their day-to-day -day work or their day-to-day -day services even more effective and more cost-effective. So um, that's what I see for 2021 around tech. Uh, with that, you know, Thank you, everyone. Again, if you want to catch uh, the podcast or our videos on uh, the market bubble or GameStop in particular, go to michaelmoney.com. You can uh, click over to our YouTube channel and see those. You can go check out the podcasts on those, uh, which you can also access there. Uh, it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and I think one other. Um, but with that, love to hear your feedback. Uh, love to get any ideas that you guys have for us to cover. Uh, and as always, any questions you have or any of your friends might have uh, that we might be able to help out with, reach out to us, give us a call, fire us an email. Look forward to talking to you again very soon. Thanks very much.